Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as messed up as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum. Here comes the bride, Matt. Tell me about your weekend. <laughs> All right. So what happened this past weekend was something that uh, really, I don't know, impacted the show and it impacted me. So we had a, like a wedding for one of our longtime missionaries at Ablaze. Um, and I've known this young lady since she was like a freshman or a sophomore in college. Um, she left Ablaze in the summer um, to go join a, a local parish here, like a campus ministry here. Um, following her passion for music, um, but she's still someone who's important to me, important to Ablaze and stuff like that. And the wedding was amazing; it was beautiful, and I was struck by the music and all the different things. But then God highlighted a few things to me that really, I don't know, just caught my eye. And I thought, I think it's something that every ministry leader needs to pay attention to, to look at. And so I actually shared it with the rest of the staff um, at our all staff meeting earlier this week, and I thought it would be a great thing for for us to share with like ministry leaders around. So as I was there at the wedding, just looking around, I saw a couple that might not know each other that was getting married if it weren't for a blaze. I saw musicians that wouldn't be at that wedding if it hadn't been for a blaze. I saw friends, like good, holy friendships of people that wouldn't be there had it not been for a blaze. Now, Ablazin wasn't the only piece in the puzzle to, to get that to happen, like what God did to, to bring all those people together. Um, it wasn't just Ablaze, but it was definitely an important piece. Um, and then I saw other people in, in like the congregation that were married with kids, like children that exist um, because of Ablaze. And so it was like, wow, like the ministry we do is amazing. Like the on the ground ministry with youth, with young people, with youth ministers, with parents is amazing. And, and the stuff like glory stories from that floor me monthly, you know, weekly or whatever. Um, but the, what, what God is doing just in the community of a blaze, um, like, a, like, I don't want to say side ministry because like he knew this was what he was doing. This is why he put us all together at a blaze, you know? Um, but that ministry is just as, if not more important, um, because like, and like this may be me being a little bit of a naysayer, but like the, like youth ministry without like a whole bunch of other things happening with parent ministry and other things like that, the longevity of the impact on the life of a young person, um, is minimal. Like the likelihood of a lifelong disciple coming from a youth ministry, youth night or whatever, now this may be a little negative or whatever is is low, but like the lifelong friendships and relationships that are created, like among the people at a blaze, that is going to impact their life like so much higher, you know. So yeah, let me just soften what you just said. Please no, because I'm do. like so mad at you right now. I'm like, <laughs> no, youth ministry can have a meaningful impact. I've dedicated my life to that reality. Um, but but talking about discipleship and teaching discipleship is different than living discipleship. Yeah. Yep. And so what what you found or what you realized at the wedding might be that the ministry that you guys have done together has actually been more to each other than it has been to the youth. The youth 
we're the context of you guys to journey and live as disciples together. Yep. Right. It's this shared experience and it's a beautiful, good, holy shared experience to pour into youth. But that journey together, the accompanying one another, walking with each other, was actually the deeper ministry, even though that was never the tent. The goal was to conquer this mountain. Yeah. But but really, God conquered your hearts together while you were conquering the mountain. And uh, I think about I think about my family vacation back when I was a kid. It's the best one we ever had. We got a houseboat. And uh, my dad, and we didn't know anything about anything, so we've got this houseboat and we're trying it out. He gets it stuck on the beach. Like, he goes and he's driving a little too fast. And, of course, he doesn't want to spend the money to have it towed out, so we're all trying to push it out. It is. Oh, wow. It's beach. There's no way. And uh, and he swears and he's throwing, you know, cans of beer and, like, just all the sorts of, like, horrible things. But it's, like, so memorable. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And everything else about that trip was so memorable. But the majority of life on a houseboat isn't all that amazing, right? Yep. But journeying together as a family that when we got to the highs and we got to the lows, we got there together. And there was an intimacy that that grown to where we were more open and more vulnerable. And so youth ministry is the houseboat, is the challenges, is the context and then it bonds everyone else that's on that boat, you know, and, and you guys had this amazing and, and a blaze ministries is good in and of itself. But what if Matt, what if God put a blaze ministries on this earth, not for the salvation of teens, but for the salvation of those who minister to the teens, right? Yep. Like what if, yeah. what if it tricked you, you know, yeah. like God, God got us, you know, and, uh, and that's a beautiful, beautiful reality that I think calls us to deeper reflection as ministry leaders. Yeah, and I think we like we can get lost in what we do and not realize what God is doing right around us, you know, or what God is asking us to do right around us. It's like one of my thoughts, you know, um, coming to the studio this morning was like how many times have we, you know, been in a conversation with a volunteer or with a parent or whatever, and it's getting close to time to start setting up. But like, and, and so we cut that conversation short. Or we push that person aside because I've got to get to my ministry, you know? And it's like, wait a second. Like, what if that right there is where God has you for a reason, you know? And you're, you're, placing, you're, you're placing this over-importance on getting my task done um, over the ministry that God has called you to do right now. It's, it's fascinating because if you've been in that ministry for more than a year— then the volunteers around you already know what tasks need to be done, right? And uh, But as professionals, we might take pride in making sure everything is set up when the team arrives so that we can be present to them, which is a priority and it is a good. Yeah. Uh, but what if we're making an idol out of that in the midst of Christ calling us to accompany someone in that moment? You know? Yeah, and do we, do we set up our teams in such a way that if I'm not there, someone else will pick it up? Like, it, it, like... And so this is getting into a different topic or whatever, but like if they see me in conversation or they see me not there, will they take initiative and start setting stuff up or will they just sit around and wait for Matt to start doing things, you know? Um, and so that's just like creating a space so that you can follow the will of the spirit in, in that moment um, may be one way to respond to this, this thing. So I was haunted. Um, I didn't mention, I haven't mentioned this before. 
but one of the missionaries that was there who had gotten married met his wife while he was here at Ablaze, and they now have like their second beautiful kiddo on the way. Um, I assume this one's beautiful. It's, it's it's still in the womb, you know. But it's a kiddo. It's beautiful, <laughs> of course. Um, but uh, one of the things he said to me as he was leaving, because I really wanted him to stay. I thought he was great in ministry. He was we're great with the team. One of the things he said was, you know, maybe this is why like God brought me here. You know, was to meet my wife. And I, what I said to him is God wouldn't use young people in that way. Like, I just remember this. Like, I have no idea if he remembers this phrase. But I, I know, like, every one of us has, like, a phrase or two or some things that we've said to people over the years. They were like, man, I really shouldn't have said that. Or this person said that. And, and then they don't remember that at all. Um, but I remember saying that and just, like, it being haunted by that. It's like, no, that's, like, like God absolutely does that. You know, he... He brings people together who are on mission, have similar like situations, similar passions, um, because he knows that's where they need to be, you know. And go ahead. And it's such small thinking. Yeah. Like God can absolutely say the youth are the priority. Yeah. And at the both. same time, and God can say, <laughs> and you meeting your wife is the priority. Like yeah. they are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. They can coexist because our God is a God of abundance. Yes, I will pour out all of my mercy and love towards this. But even when I do that, there's still so much mercy and love that it overflows into this area as well. And so he can say yes to both. So, yeah, yeah that is uh, it's probably not the dumbest thing you've said in ministry. Um, <laughs> but it's but pretty it, close. But it does make at least honorable mention. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad you're haunted by it. But I also think you need to show yourself the same mercy. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So I um, just it, like Jim Beckman said to, to me and my team a while back, and it was... Uh, based on the reflection he had done. And I, I'm going to butcher like just the thought and the principle around it. But the the place that you find yourself in the scenario that you're in is all orchestrated by God for your sanctification. Now, I know that there are um, certain scenarios that like are rougher than others um, that God did not like want you to go through because, but because we're in a fallen world, you're going through it and, and God yeah. is going to help you make the best of it. Evil exists. Yes. And it, it, it definitely exists in contradiction to God's will and God's plan. Yeah. However, John Paul II existed at the rise of communism. Yeah. And so like he set up so many different pieces in the life of Pope St. John Paul II in that season, like John Paul II did not exist in the, the fifth century. He existed right when he existed in the 21st century and right when communism was raising its head to take down communism along with Ronald Reagan. I think of them with the, like his tag team, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, but, uh, but there's a lot of amazing things that like in the context, like specifically, you know, we talked to, uh, the tiny saints guy the other day, Joe and, uh, and Joe 25 years earlier, would not have had the technology, even though he would have had the artistry. He wouldn't have yep. had the technology available to him yep. to make Tiny Saints. And so it's this season in this time right now that we're called to bloom yeah. in, the, in the historical context, not just of the world, but also of our own life, our own genealogy, so to speak. And to think of all the little things in your life, like where you are, the job you have, whatever it is, you know, God has like orchestrated that you know, for you, you know, for your sanctification, you know, like a blaze exists, you know, for my sanctification, like a blaze exists for Chris's, you know, and the, the thing that baffles me, and this is the same kind of thing you were just saying with regards to God, you know, um, 
not just pouring his mercy and grace out into the young people, but also into the missionaries. You know? Right, um, right. But like he can do that. He can orchestrate, you know, and and call us to holiness and and do all these things in everybody's life all at the same time without it being egotistical, without it being all about me, um, because it's all about everybody. But then Chris called me a hippie. <laughs> it sounds so new agey for you to say that. So I want to try and reframe it. Like God is is definitely all about you, which means that in the ministry that you're doing, God is more concerned about your salvation than he is about the salvation of others. In the ministry that God is doing in the lives of others, he's more concerned about their salvation, right, specific to him. Um, And if we get the privileged place to play a part in that reality, which I hope we do as ministry leaders, um, then then that's wonderful. But God will never forsake you and your salvation for the sake of someone else's salvation, because that's not how he operates. So when we say that your ministry is all about you, we say that in the sense that it's like God is all about you. And the work that you do is first for your own edification, your own salvation, your own holiness. Yeah. Absolutely. And the fruit of participating in that work can lead others to holiness, can lead others to heaven. Yep. And that's a powerful, powerful reality. But uh, yeah, it's not just, hey, this is the Matt show. It's not, that's not, no, this yeah. is always the God's love show. Um, but you're just the focus of God's love in the ministry that you do. And, it's interesting uh, because this reflection is like just kind of the flip side of like stuff we've shared before. It's just a different way of looking at a, a different angle. Um, the whole idea of your like your health, your spiritual health, your physical health, et cetera, is more important than the ministry you do. Um, that's that's similar, like that's a similar vein as this topic. Um, just like I don't know, we get so hyper focused on the fruit coming from the ministry we do, we don't even look up to look at the fruit that's coming from the people we're doing it alongside. You know, um, and the the people around us, and looking at all the connections that God is doing in the midst of all that, right? Yeah. So, that, like, that's my my challenge to the ministry, ministry leaders now. You know, is to just to look up, like, stick your head up above the trees, look around, like, what is like? It makes me think of a meerkat. Is it a meerkat or a? I think a, so. A, yeah. A groundhog. Yep. Like they look up and they they look around. <laughs> Yep. Um, but like, look around and see what kind of uh, blessings God has brought into existence in this world, be like as a side effect, you know, as an overflow of grace from as the a ministry. Perceived that, side effect, right? Sure. That may yeah, have it, been it, the, may, the main it looks intention like a side of effect. God. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and then praise Him for that, like, and and maybe even like mention to those people, hey, you know, I think. Like, God brought us together for this reason, and it's kind of beautiful. Like, you know, I don't know. That's just something that I think every ministry leader needs to do periodically. Look up and look around and see the way that, um, like, God is blessing the world through other things. What, Chris? So you looked up and you looked around, and when you looked around, your mouth pulled away from the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. So. I'm fine Taylor's with you telling people to look up and look. I'm yelling at you for Taylor. I'm telling you right now, you were saying some amazing things, and I want the listeners to be able to audibly hear it. So um, here's here's another piece in that challenge or another challenging piece of that reality is um, let's say that there's a, a coworker, a staff member, supervisor, or even boss um, that, uh, that that you work with in ministry, and they frustrate you. They frustrate you. They're difficult. And we've all... 
um, experience this in one way or the other. Someone that we we obviously agree on the destination, salvation of souls, but definitely disagree on the uh, on the methodology, right? Even sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, I'm not even sure if that person's on board with saving souls. They're just all about <laughs> the logistics or the time clock or, or saving the, money you know, or yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And uh, and so just to take a step back and realize, like. Your your part of your ministry, part of your mission in being called to this is their salvation as well. Yep. Your coworkers, the other staff members, the other volunteers or ministry leaders you journey with. And so often we get focused on the objective of our ministry, of our job title. I'm a RCIA, so I'm 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 chasing after people who desire to come into the church, you know. Well, if one of those people that you're chasing after was super difficult you would find a way to love them because you know that that's your job to love them into the church, to love them and bring them on board. But when that coworker at that staff meeting did something, man, in the break room, you tore them apart. Or when you were talking with someone else, you tore them apart. Like we would never do that with someone that we were ministering to like in youth ministry. Oh man, there's a lot of teens that are punks. Yeah. But, (laughs) but, but I would never be like, well, there's no hope for them. They have no idea who Jesus is or all those things. It's like, no, it's just, this is an opportunity for me to serve in a deeper way. And I've got to figure out a better strategy. But yep. when it comes to a coworker, another volunteer, you're like, yeah, let's write them off. Let's send the baby out with the bathwater and hope that uh, we never hear of him again. We would never do that with someone we served in, in yeah. ministry. And I yeah. think that this, this, this point that you're making is we are intimately connected to one another in regards to seeking the salvation of all, not just the salvation of those at the other end of our ministry. And so I think that we're challenged as ministry leaders to think about the people that maybe God put in our our life or even in our way to help us grow and to help us grow them as well closer to him. That maybe just like that that statement that you made, maybe was a fumble. Maybe yeah. we misspoke in the way that we lived or the way that we served because we made an idol out of the objective of our ministry, whether it be teens or RCIA um, uh, candidates or something like that. And we made that an idol over and above the salvation of the person sitting right next to us. Yep. Right. Yeah. Or, or staring back at us in the mirror. I mean, we've seen that as well to where it's yep. like, I'm going to sacrifice my prayer time so I can do a better job um, yeah. at, at, at preparing this you know, message. Yeah. One of the thoughts that a couple of thoughts that came up when you were talking, one of them is, my ministry is so important, and I'm going to fight for my ministry so much that it's going to damage my relationship with another parish staff member. Um, I've seen that happen, you know, that um, like my ministry is so important, it's more important than our relationship. Um, that's And that's rough. You know, that's something that we need to, to check. We need to check ourselves on, you know. Um, the other thought I had. And it never comes out like that. Yeah. It usually comes out. That message comes out in much more passive aggressive ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because when you say it out loud, everyone's like, no, oh, that that'd be I totally would never dumb. do that. That would I would never do that. But <laughs> yeah. we do in the way oh, that we yeah, resent totally. and bitter and what we hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my one of my thoughts on this was think about that, you know, think about your relationships with your parish staff, like with the other people you work alongside with. Um, like how much do you actually know about them? Do you have any kind of relationship with them one on one? Um, have you ever taken any of them out for coffee, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, if you have, like, who have you taken to coffee? The people you like or or the people you get along with or everyone, 
you know, who have you actually had a relationship with? And so my, my, my thought on this thing was like, okay, if we are supposed to be bearing fruit, um, as an overflow of our ministry into the lives of the people around us, which that's what we, we should look up and see that. Like we should see quote unquote accidental fruit. Um, cause that's how the Holy spirit works. Like he pours out an abundance and it overflows and, and makes stuff like that happen. Right. Um, if that's not happening, then we, we, we are doing something to thwart the movement of the Holy spirit. Um, and potentially, I mean, other people are too. I don't, I mean, whatever, but like, what can you do, you know, to help that overflow actually happen and, and look at those, like, I don't know, think about the person that you're least likely to have a relationship with. You know, who is it? Like, who is that on your staff? Like, think about that person, that you, someone that you work with, a volunteer or whatever, or a kid's parents or whatever. Um, who is it that, like, I don't know, makes your skin crawl a little bit more than anybody else? Sure. Know? And uh, and challenge yourself to get to know that person. Um, and I want, I want to let you know that there's probably going to be some initial resistance. Oh, yeah. Like there is. And that's when you need just to ask Jesus to come calm the storm. And yep. it might take a couple of weeks. It might take more than a couple of invitations to coffee. Um, you know, I think about uh, like a, a receptionist or the first person that uh, people see in a parish as they come in. And a lot of ministry leaders, um, or let me say it differently, a lot of parish staff members will ro- walk right past them. Mm-hmm. Rarely without even saying hello or acknowledging him. Like I would, yep. I would not like to be that person. No. I'm an extrovert. I, I wave at animals when I'm driving by, <laughs> you know, like I'm just totally, but, but I've seen it to where people are just kind of all caught up in their own world or, or different things like that, or even greeting people. Hey, I'm sure. Have you met Shirley? She's our amazing, you know, front office staff member. Um, let's go back and have the meeting or whatever, but just to acknowledge them. But the other piece is to sit, like if they're not able to go out for a cup of coffee, a lunch, or, or a conversation, something along those lines, just to sit and say, hey, just popping in to see how you're doing today. I know that 11 o'clock is sometimes a slow time, or that I caught you at a rare slow moment. How are yeah. you holding up, you know? Yeah. Um, because it, it doesn't have to be something as grandiose, as grandiose as a cup of coffee. I mean, that's, <laughs> like, pretty, that's pretty simple. <laughs> that's pretty simple. But it, but but it can start smaller, especially if there's, there's baby steps that are needed. Um, because we are... Ministry leaders, absolutely. But we are first ministers. Yeah. First, we are ministers. Like by by virtue of our baptism, we are called to be prophet, priest, and king, right? And so we are ministers before we're ministry leaders. Before we're professional, we are still disciples and we're called to share God's love. And the context that God has placed us in is at a parish or in a volunteer setting, whatever your role is with the church. But if you were uh, at, a, at a law office or a doctor office, accounting firm, whatever it is, you would still be a minister there. You would still be called to share the gospel in that context. Why does it sometimes seem like a foreign concept when it's with other professional ministry leaders on your parish staff? Yeah. Um, but it would be such a bold thing to empower uh, someone in in your adult formation program to go and you know, talk to talk to someone about Jesus at the accounting firm they work at. Yeah. But you're not doing that at the parish that you work at where Jesus is like the given, you know? Mm-hmm. I think we're just yeah. challenged by that. Yeah, because there are unexpected fruits. I think that's kind of the, the reality is unexpected fruits. We need to start expecting those. Like we need yeah. to start saying our God is a God of abundance and there's going to be a fruit in this relationship, even if it just eases the tension so I can drive home happier. Yeah. Like there's there's fruit. Yeah, and, and like I don't, I don't know of anybody. So 
Um, many people that work at parishes are married um, or have other friends or whatever that you might have access to or whatever. So like, I think it may be hard to, to initiate those relationships, but if you were to like contact that person's spouse and say, Hey, uh, you know, um, I wanted to just get something for so-and-so um, what's, you know, what's his favorite sport team or what's her, you know, what's her favorite sports team? Like um, what's her favorite little snack or what's her favorite candy? Like that's stupid easy. You know, and the spouse isn't going to think, well, what are you up to? It's like, like you can just say, I'm getting something special for for all of the people in the office and I want to make it, you know, connect with them. What's their favorite snack? Like, that's super easy, you know, and and everybody would think, wow, this person actually thought about me, (laughs) like rather than just getting, you know, Smarties for everybody because nobody likes those. Do you have Smarties like right in front of you? Like <laughs> literally within an arm's reach. I've I've eaten Smarties since we started the podcast. Like that's you are a monster. Everybody likes Smarties. I just, I just oh. picked it because it was like something my daughter wanted to take to school today. It's just oh, like really? first thing on my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I just I think that that's a, a good reflection for ministry leaders to take to prayer. Um, thinking about like the way God has blessed the world um, through the ministry that He has called them to, and how He how, how God is asking you know you to respond to Him and do that more. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So we want you guys this week to open your eyes, and I want you to open your eyes first to the past because this past weekend Matt's eyes were open at the wedding. Right. I don't want you to open your eyes and be like, where is God trying to bear future fruit? I want you to look back and see God's providence active in your life. Amen. God has worked, not he is or will. He has worked in your life and in your ministry. And I think about that. Um, yesterday, uh, a teen that I used to minister to um, stopped by the house. He, he went up to, uh, to a place just north of us and said, hey, can I stop by the house? And he's the godfather to one of my kids now. But he was just some, some teen in a youth program. And now he's an ordained priest. A teen I ministered to yesterday popped by to say hello to his godson. We went on a walk and I asked him to hear my confession. He ministered (laughs) to me. Like, if that's not profound, you guys, there's amazing fruits that already exist. And I know that's a huge story. There's little stories along the way all over the place. So just, just take a few minutes this week to look backwards and think about what are the ways that God has blessed me and those around me in the serving, not in the the fruits of the teens or anything like that, but just in the serving, like what are the, the what has happened? How has he loved me in the way that I've tried to love others? I mean, you met your wife while volunteering. False. No, you, you no, you weren't volunteering. She was volunteering. She was volunteering. But yeah. like that wasn't your direct ministry. Your direct ministry was yeah. Anyway, she, moving on. Other she like she that. went home that day before we met, and she told her mom she met the man she was going to marry. Wow. I know. Yeah. And then it ended up being me. Um, It was this different guy. She's like, I met this This guy. guy. His name is Jason. No, no. She told me when she saw me, she's like, that's the man I'm going to marry. I was like, wow, I was dating someone else at the time. But anyways, God writes straight with crooked lines. It was beautiful. Um, But yeah, that was, if I wasn't in that ministry position, I wouldn't have been able to be blessed in that way. And it helps a lot when there's a clear onset of like, I'm a Catholic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in dating, it's like, it's easier to have the let's set some boundaries conversation. Yep. Because um, we're beautiful people. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, moving on very quickly. <laughs> Anything else for us today, Matt? No, not at all. I think we're good.
Awesome. I want to affirm you. Thank you so much for sharing that story and bringing it to us here. Um, and thank you guys so much for joining joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Please send any feedback you guys have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. New year, new you. It's 2021. This is your opportunity in 2021. Resolve to leave a five-star review for us. If you could, it really helps us get this out to other people and that would make a meaningful impact. So I'm speaking to you if you haven't left us a, a five-star review because here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to pause, pull your head up, meerkat up a little bit <laughs> to look at the good work that God has done in your life, not through your life, but in your life as a ministry leader. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.